This is Project Keto. I'm your host, Madeline Evergreen. This podcast is a result of my lifelong experience searching for the answers to my health struggles. I'm here to teach you the how-tos, practical tips, and tactics to eating a ketogenic diet. No more deprivation or confusion when it comes to your amazing body. Let's jump right into today's episode. Hey everybody, welcome back. Today we are talking about all of my favorite kitchen appliances and tools that I use for carnivore. But most of these things I've been using for years longer than I've been doing carnivore. I use them on keto, I've just used them for everything. So these are some definite must-haves for people who love to have fun in the kitchen. But before we start with that, I want to give a little bit of an update about how carnivore has been going for me. The past week or so, I've been doing this interesting experiment where some days I have a very high protein day, meaning that I'm prioritizing protein and I'm eating just a lot of protein and then not much fat. So that would mean I'm not having any sort of fat in my coffee. I'm not having fatty cuts of meat such as pork chops or chicken thighs or any meat that has a lot of fat on it. I'm not eating the rendered fat that comes off of ground beef. And I'm just prioritizing higher protein and avoiding a lot of the fat on those days. And then other days I am having more of my normal carnivore type of diet where I include some MCT powder in my coffee. I know that that's not carnivore, but it works for me. And I'm eating the rendered fat that comes off of the, off of the ground beef, or I might choose a fattier cut of meat like oxtail. So I'm going to report back in a while, maybe a few weeks, maybe a month, after doing this long enough to see how it's going for me. But so far, I've noticed that my my digestion is actually better. If I eat too much fat, I'm noticing that I get a lot of bloating, or I might end up having diarrhea, or just feeling heavy in my gut. And on the days when I'm eating lower fat, I actually feel fantastic. But it's also important to refeed it to have the fat in on other days. So it's a lot of alternating. I'm not at all promoting eating a low-fat diet, but I've just been experimenting with this. And if you want to learn a lot more about this, you should find Maria Emmerich. And she's on Instagram. She's got a website. Uh, She's amazing. But Maria Emmerich, she's got a ton of books that she's written. And she teaches quite a bit about keto, carnivore, and then what I'm doing here with this higher protein days. This is called Protein Sparing Modified Fasting. I'm going to say that again, protein sparing modified fast. So you could learn more about that as I do on myself, and then we can check in in a couple weeks or a month. So let's go into our topic for today, which is my favorite appliances for carnivore. I just love cooking so much, and I love the kitchen. I love being in the kitchen, so this is a fun topic for me. My Probably my number one kitchen tool that I just cannot live without is my crock pot. I love slow cooking meats and so I will just get out my crock pot, put in some kind of frozen meat. These are the meats that I typically would do, a frozen whole chicken. I could do a beef roast, a pork roast, pork ribs or or beef short ribs. 
anything that can just fit in the crock pot. Also, oxtail goes really well in there. Really, any kind of meat, you just put it into the crock pot as long as it's small enough to fit in there. And then add about an inch or so of water, put the lid on, cook it on low. I've never used the high setting. The high setting will make your meat turn out tough and icky and chewy. So cook it on low and it depends on the size of your meat but if you put something in there frozen and it's pretty big like a whole chicken or a big roast it will take about 24 hours till it's done. If it's really small or you put something in that's defrosted it will take about 12 hours or so. The best way to know when your crockpot meat is done is to try and pull the meat off of the bone or just shred it with a fork or uh, tongs or something. And if the meat easily just comes right off the bone or it easily shreds apart, you know that it's done. But if it's a little bit tough, you might think that it's overdone, but it's the opposite. If your meat is a little tough, then that means it's not done yet and you need to keep it cooking longer. I just absolutely love this hack because the meat always turns out tasting amazing and moist and juicy and tender and it's so easy. It's like three seconds of work and then it's done and it just sits there and then you either wake up in the morning to some delicious meat or you get home from work to your dinner already cooked and ready to go. Whatever it is, it's so easy and I can't recommend the crock pot enough. And if you're a person who eats a lot of vegetables or you're doing keto and you're not on carnivore, I know that you can make whole crock pot meals with vegetables in there. I have never liked doing that personally because the vegetables always come out overcooked or mushy and I just, I'm not a fan. I've always been a fan of just doing the whole crock pot, just meat, and then I cook vegetables separately if I'm eating those. My next favorite appliance is the Instant Pot. I have an eight quart Instant Pot and I love it. I remember a couple years ago my mom got one before I did and for at least a year she was raving about it and telling me I have to get one and I just didn't get it. I didn't understand what why somebody would want that if you can just use a crock pot because like I just said I love the crock pot so much and I just didn't get it then she got me an instant pot for Christmas and now I get it and now I have fallen in love oh my gosh you can cook an entire frozen chicken in 70 minutes that's it instead of 24 hours here's how I do it I get my frozen chicken and I get the chickens that don't have all that um, like the giblets inside or that bag of stuff so if yours has that in it you're gonna have to defrost it and take that out but mine doesn't have that so I take my frozen chicken take off the wrapping put it in the instant pot and then I add one cup of water put the lid on and close it and then I use the manual setting for 70 minutes and that's it and it's done after 70 minutes. It's so tender and perfect. Oh, I just love it. Then usually what I'll do is pull off all of the meat that I'm planning on eating. I leave the bones. I leave a lot of the skin. I leave the juices in the instant pot and I add about four more cups of water and then I put the lid back on press manual and set it for two hours and there's my bone broth. So 
bone broth is so much easier to make in the instant pot than it is to make in the crock pot. I used to make bone broth in the crock pot, but it would take two days and it would fill the whole house with broth smell and it was a little bit irritating. Now in the instant pot, I can get this whole thing done, the chicken and the broth all done within just a couple of hours and it's super, super, super helpful. I am so happy with my instant pot. I also use stainless steel pots and pans all the time, especially little frying pans when I'm on carnivore to make hamburger patties or just ground beef, eggs, those sorts of things. And I recommend stainless steel because it's not going to be a toxic type of pan. Please do not use nonstick pans or aluminum pans. Nonstick is completely filled with chemicals, hormone disruptors, bad stuff that nobody should ever be using. So if you have those, throw them out, never use them again, and replace them with stainless steel. And then aluminum is just going to be leaching aluminum into your food. And I used to do quite a bit of heavy metal and mineral testing on people, and almost everybody is super high in aluminum. So just get rid of your aluminum pans as well. And then cast iron can also work so well. However, since I've been on carnivore, I found I barely ever use my cast iron pan because I don't know, I just can't make steak very good in the cast iron. I do really good steak on my stainless steel pans. I used to love to cook vegetables in my cast iron pan, but um, I don't really eat vegetables now, so I don't really use my cast iron pan much, but it's a great thing to use unless your iron level levels are already way too high, then if that's you, you might not want to use cast iron because iron does get into your food, which can be a good thing or it can be a negative thing. One of my other favorite tools in the kitchen are my stainless steel baking sheets with racks. So these are just little baking sheets with a lip on the edge so grease and whatnot doesn't come falling off the edge into the oven. And I love these because they're so easy to use. I'll use them in the oven to, you know, crisp up some chicken or if I'm going to be baking, like sometimes I make keto cookies for other people and I'll use the baking sheets, not with the rack, but just the baking sheets in the oven. But I'm so happy with them because they're not aluminum. Almost all baking sheets, like cookie sheets, are made of aluminum. And like I just said, aluminum is going to be leaching aluminum into your food, which is not good. You don't want that. And then the racks make it so helpful for cooking meat because it allows the juices to drip off of the meat so whatever you're cooking can get a little bit crispy on the outside. So lots of times I'll do chicken thighs or drumsticks or wings in the oven that way and it's just so great. So I'm gonna be linking the stainless steel baking sheets with the racks that I use in the show notes. So be sure to check that out and anything else I'm talking about, I will be linking in the show notes as well. But these baking sheets are just fabulous. We gave them to my mother-in-law for Christmas. I think a couple other family members of mine have them. They're just so great. Another appliance that I just cannot live without is my meat thermometer. I love my steaks and my 
red meat very very rare now that I've been on carnivore and so I love to use my meat thermometer to make sure that I'm not overcooking my steaks I'm still not uh, you know totally perfect at cooking steak so it's a, a little bit of a learning curve but the meat thermometer really helps and then same thing with something like pork chops I love using my meat thermometer to make sure that it's cooked enough but not overcooked and then we use the meat thermometer when we're doing smoking out in the backyard all the time. When the meat is on the smoker, it's so helpful to know exactly what temperature it is inside so that you can just get all of the different factors right and your meat comes out so much better if you're monitoring the temperature. Something else I feel like I just can't live without is my deep freezer. Oh my gosh, my deep freezer has completely changed our life here, my husband Christopher and I, our life. We buy a lot of frozen meat. So we bought a half cow, we bought a pig, we, I can't remember if we bought a lamb or if we just, we just buy so much meat in bulk that we try and keep our deep freezer full all the time. And then every day I just go down there, I find what I want to eat for the next day or the next week, pull that out and put it in the fridge so that we don't have to go grocery shopping very often. It also saves us quite a bit of money to buy, you know, a half cow or a whole hog because you end up paying less per pound when you buy the whole thing. So I can't recommend that enough for people that want to save money on carnivore or keto or whatever you're doing, buy meat directly from the farmer in bulk, but then you're going to need a big freezer to keep all of that in. So we've got our deep freezer and I swear it makes all the difference for us. I also love my Aroma rice cooker. I have the stainless steel one. You heard me rave about this in both episodes of my carnivore road trip. I used it multiple times a day on my road trip. I also use this every single day at work to heat up my food. So it's just this little device. It's just maybe two pounds heavy. It's very, very small and light. And it has a little stainless steel bowl and it's a cooker so it has a lid it has a setting for warm or cook that's as complicated as it gets and you just put your meat into the cooker put the lid on set it to cook and then you cook your meat so almost every single day at work I cook ground beef in there and I just kind of scramble up the ground beef so it's in little pieces I don't do patties in there you can also make scrambled eggs in there you can also steam vegetables or heat up hot water. You can do pretty much anything that you would want to do in a little pot with a lid. It's so great. I can't even tell you how convenient this is for traveling, for bringing it to a hotel, and also for heating up food at work. And you might be thinking, why don't you just heat up your food in a microwave at work? Well, first of all, at my work, we would never purchase a microwave. We would never promote using that. I don't use a microwave. Actually, my house came with a microwave, and that is where we keep all of our cat treats and cans of cat food in the kitchen. We use it as a cabinet. I've never used that microwave. I haven't touched a microwave in probably 12 years or more. Microwaves are absolutely not something to be using, and I recommend that everybody either gets rid of their microwave or use it for storage and not for cooking ever. And then the last appliance that I want to talk about today is my ice cream maker. This is something that I don't use all that often myself, but when I make ice cream, I can't even 
describe how happy I am to have my ice cream maker. I have the Cuisinart brand, and don't worry, I'll put this in the show notes so you know exactly what I have, but I do two different ice cream recipes in there. One is with canned coconut milk, so I haven't been doing this on carnivore at all, but my husband Christopher makes this multiple times a week for himself, so he uses it all the time. It's perfect for keto. And you just you just blend up two cans of chilled or cold full-fat coconut milk with some lemon juice, frozen berries, and if you want it sweetened with some stevia or maybe Lakanto. And then you blend that up in your Vitamix, add a little tiny pinch of salt, and then put that into the ice cream maker and it takes about 10 or 12 minutes until it's nice and thick and creamy like ice cream. The other ice cream we make is called Bulletproof Ice Cream. I got it from the Bulletproof Diet book. You can probably find it online and it's amazing ice cream. It tastes so good. It's made up of a whole bunch of raw eggs, butter, coconut oil, MCT oil, and vanilla, and maybe a little salt. I can't remember exactly what's in it, but you blend all of that up in your blender or Vitamix and then pour it into the ice cream maker and this recipe legit tastes like vanilla ice cream. It's so, so good. Can't recommend it enough. I don't eat it that often because I'm not really having coconut oil or MCT oil, that kind of stuff right now. I'm really trying to focus on just the animal-based foods, but there's nothing wrong with eating that if it works for you and you're you like that um, those types of ingredients and it's not causing you any issues but that ice cream is amazing you can also make a chocolate flavor but the point is is that everybody needs to get an ice cream maker because it's extremely easy to use the people that I know that all have ice cream makers love them and they use them all the time and it's gonna get you off of buying store-bought ice cream even the keto ice creams, the low-carb ice creams, all of that, most of them have junk in it. Most of them have something like inulin, which makes people really gassy and bloated or have stomach pains. And it's just best to just make your own ice cream because it's so, so easy. I've even made protein shakes before and put them in the ice cream maker and they turn out like ice cream. It's so much fun. So those are all of my appliance tips for today. Remember, everything is linked in the show notes. And I would just absolutely love if you would write a review and rate the show on Apple Podcasts. It really actually makes a difference in my life. When I see those reviews, I get so happy. And it gives me fantastic feedback for how the show is going for you. It's very strange for me doing a podcast because I don't see any of you. I've been teaching for how many years? I'm 30 now. I've started teaching when I was 14 years old. So that many years. And I've always seen people right in front of me as I'm teaching. And now I'm doing this podcast and it's odd to be talking and then I I don't see anybody. So when you write a review or rate the show, it feels like, oh my gosh, somebody's listening, somebody's out there and it gives me feedback for the direction that this show should be going. Also, don't forget that in a couple of weeks, we're going to be doing the Ask Me Anything episode you need to submit your questions. You have two ways to do this. Either click the link in the show notes to submit your question, 
or send me a DM on Instagram to submit your question. You can follow me at Madeline Rosie Evergreen. Thank you so much for listening, everybody, and I will talk to you in a week. Bye.